Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 42? Yeah. This is episode 42 of Death Readers. So Douglas Adams spectacular. Yeah, and this is uh, 42 in the Harry Potter book, The Order of the Phoenix. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Death Readers, uh, we're a podcast where uh, two guys, me and Rob, uh, talk about Harry Potter. Uh, it's the first time I've read these books. Uh, Rob's read them quite a bit. The uh, goal of the podcast is to get me to read them <laughs> and uh, then to talk about them and see what it's like having uh, having never read them before. Having an opinion. See what having, that's like. Having, you know, a, a, a take on this thing and, and just experiencing it and sharing that experience because, you know, it's... Nobody on the internet ever talks about Harry Potter. No, no one on the internet ever talks about Harry Potter. And, you know, the idea of someone reading it for the first time is honestly pretty novel. Mm-hmm. It's really been done so rarely. Which makes this a novel novel. It's, oh, it is the novelist of novels. It is like you could probably fit six novel novels in this novel. That would be a novel, novel, novel. How novel? How novel? So uh, I don't think we have any housekeeping, right? Um, actually, did I save a note? I think I might have, or was this the one from last time? Let's see, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't text this to you. I opened up a whole page in my notes app. So if this is your first time listening, we read through the chapters and we take page notes on anything that strikes our fancy. Uh, so we'll be going through them uh, in order, and if you are reading along, that's great. If you're not, try it. See if you like it, because we're just going to talk about the events in the book as they come up per page number. We're not going to do, like, overall summaries right away or anything like that. So First of all, housekeeping. Yep. Uh, in episode 41, I was referencing Assassin's Creed. I said, nothing is true, everything is forbidden. It's nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Uh, so I'm sorry. Sorry, nerds. Yeah. So do you have any sort of overall take on these chapters that comes up right away? No. Oh, okay. Um, I think that moves us into... In this in this episode, we're going to be going through chapter 22, 23, and 24. It's, I think last time we said we were only going to do two, but we decided, heck with it. You guys deserve a little extra. We went for three this time. Oh, my to, gosh. These, and I, I feel like I got a lot of notes. I just we'll want see. to finish this book. <laughs> That's what I, it comes down to. I feel like... It was the right decision because that last chapter, a little spoiler, uh, is a bit of a sink, and I'd rather get it out of the way instead yeah. of having to go into the next couple of chapters, a, which I like. Yeah. If they're the ones I remember, at least one of them I really like, uh, I'd rather have that fresh without having to go through this that, right. that last chapter right. again. These chapters are chock full of shit. About 25 pages long each. Yeah. The last chapters are, I know, 27 pages mm-hmm. long, and that's... That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to try to get through. I mean, for me, in like, cause we I do this in one sitting. Sure. I sit down, I read all of it at once, and then we do the show. Yeah, I read right this after. entire book in one sitting. Wow. Minus minus a small four mile walk to the grocery store to buy a bag of Doritos and other sundries. But I did it all in one day. But hey, you know what? Sure. I'm just saying it's like you know. I care. Were you were taking notes. Were you taking notes? No, you weren't. I was taking brain notes. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so. We're going to start off with chapter 22. St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. All right. Uh, what's your first page number? 469. I have 466. Please. Uh, I, I just took a note on uh, that I, I enjoy the way J.K. writes Dumbledore with these occasional nuggets of playful exuberance. Specifically here, it's like making his password for his door fizzing Wisbees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think that's... I think he loves his sweets. He does love his sweets. Always candies. It's, yeah, and it's, but it's always like a fun like he. It's a fun. It's fun to say. But especially later, he in these books more recently, he's become very standoffish. He's become distant mm-hmm. to Harry mm-hmm. and and cold mm-hmm. in a way that at least that's how Harry's interpreting it. Sure. So, so to see this sort of like playfulness that he actually still has, even mm-hmm. though Harry can't see it, it's still being present is like important. 
And I think that's just really interesting. Uh, it's He's sort of absent in the first couple of books, but every time he shows up, he's sort of this doddering old, like, silly wizard man. And it, he, that's just how he shows up. And then later he becomes, like, you start to see the whole, like, he's the greatest wizard mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, and now we've moved on to a point where he's, like, an aloof guardian that mm-hmm. Harry's resentful of his aloofness. And when you're paranoid like Harry is in this book, you it's hard to see that and go, Oh no, he's all right. I'm just—it's all me. I'm—I'm I'm overexcited. I'm upset. Or there's more going on that I don't understand. Right. Sure. Um, so uh, four sixty-seven is my next note. Please. Uh, just the Griffin door. They just yeah. re- they reference that the Dumbledore's door is a Griffin door. We we laughed about it in the first movie podcast, but it just it just came up again here and made me laugh. Uh, four seventy is my next note. Four sixty-nine. Go for it. I can never help but sympathize with Ron here, because mm-hmm. um, he was waking up. By Harry's crazy dream, and then all from that point on, his sense of rightness and safety is dismantled slowly. Like, this is weird. What? He's had a weird dream about my dad. Oh, there's more to it. Oh, there's more to it. Oh, shit, this is really happening. Right. And it's that, that's just got to be the most upsetting feeling ever. And it, it always is just like, I, I, I feel like she addresses it enough that I, I take it and run, and it can really just kind of delve into it without having to underline it and make yeah. the story about that scene but it's just like god that would suck it it yeah and in like seeing ron basically not talk like he basically goes quiet for the entire chapter mm-hmm. uh that was really you know startling and and she does a good job describing how much it's affecting him and uh even even though we're seeing this you know through harry's eyes essentially mm-hmm. it's he's aware enough to talk about how he's seeing ron be pale and be you know quiet right and, and upset it's it's good it's interesting yeah because ron will do plenty to piss me off later oh good <laughs> uh i'm not till 483 so okay 470 uh the thing where dumbledore taps the silver thing on his desk and it makes a two snake smoke thing yeah in oh. essence divided in what essence an, div- yeah, what like an interesting that. phrasing I wonder if i'm we'll sure hear about it that won't again. mean anything okay well, i'm, I'm sure not. it's just like some goofy wizard <laughs> shit. you know how they like to just talk yeah like imagine if the every flavored beans was a like a metaphor or, or an allusion to something. Oh shit! You don't know about that. Oh shit! Is there is there one that tastes like shedded snake skin? There has to be. There has to be by definition. I mean, is there one that tastes like dismantled soul? Is there one? again? There has to be. <laughs> yeah, there has to be. Is there one that tastes like a black hole? There has to be. That's true. There has to be by definition. There has to be. You really don't want to lick past the event horizon. Is there one that tastes like sadness? Yes. I know, right? <laughs> um, all right. My next one is uh, 479. Okay. This is the sequence when the they are back at a grim old place and the kids are, are all hanging around. And she has this line that I, I copied down where she says that the Harry and Sirius felt like intruders upon family grief. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that is a terrific line. That's such a good way to person or to uh, write. Encapsulate. That, encapsulate that feeling of like, you're around people who are going through a trauma and you can't, you're, you're separate from it. It's not really your trauma, but you can feel for them. You can empathize, mm-hmm. but you still feel kind of guilty about like how bad you're feeling, even though like, and you want to take care of yourself, but it's not really your pain. You're just sort of, like feeding off of their pain and that. And there's nothing you can do for them. And, and there's, there's also, yeah, there's nothing you can do to stop it from them so that you can stop it for yourself or anything. It's just, it's awful. It's just an awful feeling. And describing it as intruding, mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Um, 
But then she she doubles down on it, which felt like it kind of like cheapened the first one. Because sure. a couple lines later, she says that Harry did not want to intrude upon the Weasley's happiness when he's when her mom shows up or whoever, right. whoever that is, they find out that he's fine, um, or that he's not dead. Uh, and Harry, she uses the same word, intrude, and I thought that was again a little too much, but also very interesting sure. to, to give Harry that feeling of feeling like he's. He shouldn't be there. He doesn't feel like he should be there because he just always feels out of place. I thought it was interesting and, and well done. Uh, 42. Okay. Is it me? Yep, it's you. So, how does St. Mungos fit into the idea that Jesus was a wizard? Well, if Jesus was a wizard, then they're going to want to have people in the church spying for them. And occasionally those people are going to be outed and martyred and sanctified. Yeah. Easy. Got it. You think it still fits, though? Because it's, 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 it, it's not odd for Muggle hospitals to be named Saint something, but it occurs to me that it's kind of odd that they'd name the big wizarding hospital Saint. My saint gosh. something. Well, I just assumed it was a saint. It was, it was a Catholic saint who was secretly a wizard. Like yeah. yeah, like very much like we were describing Jesus early on yeah. the show. Um, yeah, I uh, that's kind of where I was at too. But I actually meant to look up Mungo and see if that meant anything or if there was actually a Saint Mungo, but I didn't. It just sounded like one of those fake J.K. comic book monsters that they oh. come up with in the sixties and fifties. Like like you know like Stanley talks about this a lot in different like documentaries where he talks about he would just come up with a word that sounds good, you know, like fing fang foom and kang, and just put it in there and it'd be fine and just. Come up with it later. Pretty good Stanley. That's not really that good Stanley. So you spit in my face. I if I had you a compliment. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, 488. 483. This is the one. This is when I think of Harry gaping at magic. This is the one that comes to mind. It's book five. The mannequin talks and Harry gapes. He fills his mouth drop open. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know this shit. Tonks is talking to a mannequin. Oh, that's weird. Your next thought should be, I bet there's a magic component. Not, what? Bullshit. Also, you just watched yourself essentially murder your best friend's dad. Right. So and like, then took a magic teapot right. to a house in London where butter beers were flown through the air to your fingers after yelling at a house elf. Fucking, come on, man. Yeah. Knock it's it off. It's basically like like actual magic crazy shit, and then he sees Zoltar, and he's I like, would, whoa. Right. Like, I'd be fine if it was just like, huh? oh, right, magic. Right. Oh, silly me. <laughs> it's my well, life I, now. I forgot things can be whimsical here, even in this moment of tragedy. <sighs> Walk through the the ice cold, like, thing that wasn't wet, mm-hmm. or whatever that she described it as. 484. You, it's, it's you. Muggle nutters. Crazy, Ron, pr- Ron crazy talking about the people. doctors. Yeah, I thought that was clever. It's, it's clever, but I'm like, look, if you're not going to share magic... Right, right. Don't fucking judge the people who have no other way to get an appendix out. Right. Shut up. Right. Shut your stupid... Shut your privileged mouth. Pure blood privileged mouth. Yes. God damn it, Ron. He's such you, a... I was on your side, Ron. I was on your side until now. And yes, I am aware that I changed my tune on Ron. Shut up. <laughs> well, he's he's just so much 
more like a Malfoy now, though, don't you think? A little bit. A little, little bit Malfoy. A little Malfic. A little bit. <sighs> Hermione can do so much better. <laughs> 485. Okay. Uh... I enjoy the hospital bureaucracy regarding yeah. the shoes eating the guy's feet. I thought that was really <laughs> fucking just, just, gross. It was really gross, but just for... He fucking reads though, right? Fourth floor, ass. Because, I mean, I understand... It, it, it would make sense that someone would have that attitude because your feet are just going to get repaired. Yeah. They're going to get your feet. Just shut up. I uh, I thought that the idea of some your your shoes eating your own feet and that being like essentially a practical joke felt like too far yeah where it was just like well i mean i know we've seen we've seen harry get his bones regrown right but mad eye has a fake eye still right and like lupin is still a werewolf so there's things they can't fix or choose not to fix can they make a dude's feet come back? Like, <laughs> and why? Right. Like, explain it. Like, can you? Can you take a second? If you're going to tell me there's a dude who has his shoes eating and his he said feet. his brother gave them to him, right? Yeah. Like, on purpose. I don't yeah. think that was it, an accident. Like I want to know more thing. about that. Yeah. It felt like, you What know, did you do to your brother? Right. It feels like the, the things where they eat the blood packets and it makes them lose, bleed from the right. nose and uncontrolled until they die. It felt like one of those things. Um... Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm worried about that guy. I want to know what happens. I want to know that he's okay. <laughs> that, that's it for the chapter. Or especially that you have things like later in the chapter where we have like uh, people who are like 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 the uh, the Longbottoms mm-hmm. and oh, Lockhart. We'll get to that. We'll like, get to but, that. But, but like people who are stuck in this place uncured. Uh-huh. It's like I said, it's clearly a, a thing that happens in this world. Where's the line? Like what makes a malady in the magic world uncurable and what makes others fine? Like you can regrow bones, but you can't restore a guy's memory. I think some of it's the severity of the magic in question, like the magical snake venom right, kept right. the wounds going until they could find an antidote, which you know, had it been a basilisk or something, nothing would have been. Well, Phoenix Tears, obviously. Which, why aren't they just using Phoenix Tears for everything? Yep. Just put, we have why an entire fox, wing right. of Phoenixes watching This Is Us. A wing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you if me. you will, a burn ward. <laughs> Fuck you. Because <laughs> the yeah. you know, they're phoenixes. Mm-hmm. You know, fire. Yeah. No, I, I got it. I got it. Fox the Phoenix Burn Ward at St. Mungo's. I mean, why not? That's the thing about magic that pisses me off is that it really comes from a place of like, these people are selfish. Even mm-hmm. Fox. Like the idea is, oh, you have to be given phoenix tears he has to choose to take care of you uh they the wizards choose not to share things with muggles and if, if somebody does they they punish them really mm-hmm. hard it's just this whole like idea of like Keep well away. Of, of course the government's not going to you know pay to make sure everybody can eat right but if you want if you're starving and you need food you should really look towards extremely rich people who are so generous enough to give their to give donations to an organization that will find ways to feed mm-hmm. you legumes or other things. And it's just like that seems so fucked. Like Have you tried not being a muggle? It's like it's like, oh, the only way I can survive is as long as I acknowledge that I'm scum and they're better than me and right. I'm so grateful for their generosity. But oh thank you. May I might might I have the luxury of kissing your boots? Kind of thing. That's how it feels. It just feels like that. It's just it just I don't like it. Grossed me out. Uh, page 488. Please. So who was the worst case, the more recent and worst case of 
snake bite venom that the hospital has seen that was worse than Arthur's. Uh-huh. I just thought they meant they'd seen worse bites. No, right. he says they saw a worse bite recently, and I think he means another uh, Nagini victim. Sure, sure, that's totally that totally makes sense. I don't think I picked up on that. I'm sure. I'm sure Nagini's out making kills. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm wondering if it's somebody that we'll hear about later. Like, I don't know. Apparently not. But like, um, Sturgis Podmore's not. He's in Azkaban, right? Yes. Okay, he's not, like, been yes. attacked by... No, okay. no. He's the one who was confounded well, or whatever. I'm wondering who, who this is and if that's something we know about or we'll have to We'll about. have to look out for it. Uh, 489 brings up toilets again. Toilets are interesting because oh, yeah. of poop. Yep, but also, you know, they could just vanish away their poop. Also, they have chamber pots. Well, I mean... Also, they have... Someone's got to catch you. You don't want to just splat on the floor. Also, they have toilets in Hogwarts that dump right into the Black Lake. Pick a lane. Pick one of them. <laughs> if you're going to go out of the way to be like, oh, all these things, how come there's too many options? It just feels weird. I don't like it. It just feels inconsistent, okay? It's inconsistent poop. <laughs> you need, well, Here's the thing. You got to keep your shit solid yeah. and in a straight line. If it deviates from that in any way, you got a mess on your hands. And I don't want to deal with that. I'm not wiping that up. John like messes on my hands. No, or like you know, it it gets everywhere. If yeah. it, if it gets if you get a little less, you know, cohesive, it starts to splatter the plot all over the place, and it's just disgusting. And I don't I don't want to look at that. It, it stinks. I'll tell you that much. It's actually making me feel a little gross. <laughs> 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 Poop. <laughs> well said. Thanks. Um, Highbrow. She brought it up. She brought up toilets spraying all over the place. This is true. She brings up the character who lives in a toilet. It's true. She's got toilet humor on the brain. She does. Uh, all right. So summary for this chapter. I wrote a couple summary things. Curious as to what Hermione is doing during this chapter. Uh, because we leave her at Hogwarts while Ron and Harry and the other Weasleys go and have this experience. Right. And it made me really feel bad for her to be like, all of her friends just up and leave out of nowhere. She wakes up, she has no idea where, they're, where they are, why they aren't here anymore, in this environment with Umbridge. Like, all this stuff. Sure, it sounds like Dumbledore explained it to her later, but, like, in this moment, I'm wondering, that's got to be really terrifying for mm-hmm. Hermione. You know, this, this happens to her friends, and they're just gone. She doesn't know. She has to hear secondhand from people. It just occurred to me that I was I was I was worried about her. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who would have written her. Maybe Jenny might have had the wherewithal. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I really. Uh, I also. I think it's. We haven't talked about this, but I think it's the the idea of the uh, Hogwarts headmaster portrait spy network. Yeah, is really cool. It is really cool. It's it's a really cool payoff for the portraits, who are already a cool idea. But like to give them this. And we now utility. know who was talking in Harry's bedroom. Yes. So that's been paid off and yes. better than you thought. It sounds mm-hmm. cool. I, I know. I really like that as a as a you know a function of the world. Mm-hmm. It's it's good world building. Like mm-hmm. you have this thing and you find a good use for it in the narrative. It's great. Uh, but that's all my notes on that chapter. Are you done with the I'm chapter? Done with the chapter two. Let's move on to chapter twenty three. Christmas on the closed ward. My first note is 496. 492. Go for it. Uh, Harry, expecting Voldemort to burst out of his head. Yeah. Very Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. In that, in that great body horror kind of, he's actually feeling for it, like, oh, shit, is there a nose back here? Yeah. Or, 
David or David Cronenbergy just creepy, yeah. creepy, creepy idea. Like we we talked about that idea of not with Harry, but with the idea of like it being a better way for Voldemort to have escaped Quirrell's body is mm-hmm. to physically have lunged and birthed, yeah. birthed out of his head. Um, so it seems like a nice uh, callback to that idea. Anyway. Yeah, agreed. Like I'm, I'm, it's cool that that character had a similar thought that thought I had about that. Uh, you know, organically. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's cool. You're good. 496? It's you. Okay. So, okay, I can admit, maybe Dumbledore has a good reason for keeping Harry in the dark about things. Fine. <laughs> On the upside, uh, according to Phineas Negellus, Neg- Neg- according to Phineas Negellus, I must have the brain of a very, very young person because I am always the only one to consider anything ever, especially <laughs> considering Harry Potter. So, I must be... A young-brained man. Very, very few folds in that brain. So, it's like a baby's bottom, my brain. It is. It's like a soft, cone. smooth. Bean in Chicago. Like a bowling ball. Like a bowling ball. With sure. three holes in it. What? For my eyes okay. and my mouth. Oh, there it goes. That's why you can't smell anything. Or my nose. Hmm. What about hearing? What? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> I hate you because that made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, my next note is 498. Okay. Hermione's back. Yay! Yeah. That's it. Skiing. I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she... she I, I felt warm when she came back. I was like, oh, good. Band's back together. I don't like it when they're separate. My note is 499 to 500. Okay, go for it. Because it's about a scene. Mine is a 501, so we're good there. I also have a 501. Levi's. Stick with the rivets. Four ninety nine to five hundred. This is my favorite scene, Ginny scene, in the books, and one of my all time favorites. Just um, we have a little more of a glimpse of the trauma yes. she suffered when she was eleven years old, yes, and how she's been processing it. Yes, and it's sort of the polar opposite of the character she's been showing. We now see we have like this great sort of graph of Ginny. We like we know the depths of her despair and where she can how high she can climb from that. And right. it's just a great overall encapsulation of her. Subnote, lucky you. Harry. When when, when she says that to oh, him, yeah. he's like, I I I I I forgot about it. She's like, Lucky you. I'm like, that fucking cuts. Yeah. 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 You're like Yeah. Oh, you forgot that we went through this horrible thing together, huh? And I was possessed and had right. to murder chickens. Right. And I might have been I might have been left to rot in the Chamber of Secrets Because I clearly think about it fucking nightly. I right. can't go to sleep without wondering if it's going to be me waking up or Voldemort. Right. Yeah. That's shit. Yeah, it's. It, I agree. It was It was really well done. I also like it uh, on the... It reminded me of the, of this, of the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. There's those sequences where... And they had this running gag throughout the first three X-Men movies, but this idea of uh, Magneto telling Wolverine like oh you think this is all about you when really the, the Wolverine's like really who the audience connects to through all the movies right. but like he's never really the one that the plot revolves around right. like the he's not the real like mechanism that makes the action happen and in the first movie it's Rogue the mm-hmm. Rogue character um, and it reminded me of that where she's basically like hey Harry you're not the only one who suffers here you know we all have our shit that goes on you, you, for, you literally forgot about mine it's pretty dickish of you Harry um, Death Readers episode one, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like 
I, I, I kind of like glossed over it because I was just like, I was just, I enjoyed it and I was like, yeah, this is great. And it was a, the one thing I will say, and I think it's actually my 500 note here. So I'll just move into that because you it's a 500 note page five, favorite one, five okay. one. It's, it's, it's sort of, it's a bookends sure. yours. It's this idea that, uh, she really does a, a great job of exemplifying what it feels like to be paranoid mm-hmm. and vengeful. And which, which I would classify as like the real core of the soup of being a teenager. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely she does. And, and it's uh, <laughs> just the idea of like, I can't tell you how many times I've, even in my adult life, felt vengeful and paranoid and not been able to see it. It's, it's like she's in my fucking brain, man. Well, even, even besides vengeance and paranoia, just the distress he talks himself into. Mm-hmm. And when some fucking logic is dropped on him how it alleviates is yes. also something I've gone yes. through. Like, oh, yes. oh, 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 everything's happy again. Right. And you can just like turn on a dime. Right. That's very much also something. Well, you know you have a real problem when you go through that process and you, you feel those relief feelings and then you start to question those feelings well, and you yeah. start to go, well, wait a minute. What if someone did this to me on purpose to disarm me? What if I'm weak now? What if I'm, what if in this moment I'm actually at my weakest and they're going to strike and then I will be defeated and I won't even know because they'll have lulled me into a false sense of security. I better think they're evil forever. And that's not happened to me. Um, I can't tell if you're making a point or not. I, the point I'm making is the exact point I'm making. Are you saying I do this? No, I'm saying okay, I, I okay. do this. Because I'm like, I'm like is, this, is this something? No, I, I, I could see that something I have done be perceived this way. I literally did this uh, to fiance a couple weeks or days ago where like I was texting her this thing and she texted back, that's a really good idea. And then I was like, cool. And then I was like, why do I feel good now? <laughs> and then I texted her and I was like, are you just saying, are you just agreeing with me to get me to shut up? Like, is that what this is? Are you just you're telling me I have a good idea because like you know it will make me feel good and I'll I'll feel like I've made my point and everything will be fine and I'll just stop talking? Is that what you want? Do you want me to stop talking? And she texts back, I thought it was a good idea. And I was like, oh, that's what you would want me to think. So I'll just be quiet and and think that we're moving in a good direction mm-hmm. together, like a couple that functions well. Oh, I, I'm up, I'm hip to your games. I, th- I think the way most people handle that is even were that the case, they just move on and assume like, I'm going to take it at face value and move on with the good things. I agree. I don't do it either. But this is a thought that's come to me lately. I'm like, oh, that's how the well-adjusted with finger quotes process that sort of backstabbing. People who move on are yeah. like emotional transients. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not a fucking, you know. Get out of here, you itinerant feeling haver. I'm no, I'm not nomadically, uh, heartfelt i don't know i yeah, I, I stay in of... one spot yeah i'm not a hunter gatherer i'm a i'm an agricultural human i i'm the i'm the kind of people that sat there and farmed my feelings yeah until we could build civilization around those feelings because it's all about you create, it revolves around the civilization revolves around you create pantheons right. about my issues yes and surrounding the virtues i feel like i have mm-hmm. and you know demonizing the things that other people have that they say are their virtues but i think are actually their negative qualities that I don't want anybody to like anymore because I don't have the reality. Yeah. 501 myself. I have a note. I guess we should should take a a breath to go (laughs) scene because I I don't don't want to oversell it. (laughs) What was your page? I enjoyed Hermione's Christmas present to Harry and Ron. Uh, Much better than gaping at magic. 
I feel like her homework planner more conveys a muggle-born's grasp of the magical world. Yeah. Like, this is fantastic. Here you go. And everyone's like, I don't want this. Why would I want this? I don't want to be reminded of work. I wanted a fun Christmas present. What the fuck? And she's like, magic! That is a way more effective. I was raised by dentists. Yeah. I'm now living with magic. Then, oh, golly, magic happens? Totally agree. So... Also, I, I like, I don't know if, which page number it was, but I like this, this, the dig that I thought you would bring up where she's like, one day you'll read Hogwarts of History and you'll figure out that you can't apparate in and out of Hogwarts. It's not allowed. I, that one, I because I know it bothered you when she when she conveys things that way, but I feel like she's been this harping time, on that point yeah, enough. Yeah, that's what that I mean. It, yeah, it's just a... That she comes back and she says like... Instead like the of, readers know this, Harry. Right. Instead of saying, well, I didn't feel like it was the same way. I felt like this one was not like, what are you, an idiot? Because right. that's the way I feel like it happens a lot. Right. Hermione has said, well, in Hogwarts of History enough that that's become like a gag. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the payoff to the gag where she finally says, if one day you will do this and I'll have, I'll stop having to say this. Right. But this is a thing. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, 503. Oh, you're up. There's another gift. I got a couple gift notes. Okay, go for it. Um, I'm disappointed. And Ron's gift to Hermione. It's, it's the kind of thing an eight-year-old would get their parent with no thoughts. Perfume? Yeah. Well, an interesting perfume, which means it sucks, which means yes. he just grabbed something unusual. girly. Unusual. But he just grabbed something girly and gave it to her. And you're like, it was a it was a homework planner, but at least she put some thought he's into a, he's it. He's a 14-year-old, though. Like, Harry got her the arithmetic book. The, the, I've got more gift notes, but we're not done. He got Ron a broomstick compass for his brand new fucking broom. Harry, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. But- Ron's gift sucks. Okay, so how much of this is projection? What do you mean? How much of it is you being mad at Ron because you've identified with him so much and you you take on these negative things that you're criticizing him for as if they were your own? Uh, none. Zero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, not negative amounts. In okay. fact, shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. 503 again! <laughs> So this isn't a mirror of Erised issue where you, you're looking in and seeing everything you want and it's you're realizing it's not Ron. 503. <laughs> the patchwork quilt. Okay. That Hermione gave to Creature. Yep. I thought it would have been a great backdoor way to actually set him free because it was made from clothes. Yes. And then they don't do anything. Greater evil. It's just, it's just like it really it would have been a really cool plot point that should have at least been addressed. Why Clever, doesn't it count? But would have been cool. It would have been cool. It's essentially saying, "Hey, you creature, you're now homeless." No, but he would have. You're he welcome. Would have, he would have found a place to go. But he doesn't but, want to. He wants to be in with the blacks. No, he wants to be with the Lestranges. Well, okay, yes. Hey, wait a minute! Don't you? Don't spoil anything. Well, I mean, you're not you're not listening. Five oh four. Okay, go hard. What if Creature is spying for Bellatrix for Lestrange? <laughs> <laughs> what? What a dumb idea. Gasp. <laughs> Where did you even get this bullshit? Just wondering. He seems so he seems so much happier when he hangs out in the in the attic. And you know, it occurs to me while there's a while it's brought up that there's a rule that you can't apparate in and out of Hogwarts, there's no rule that you can't apparate in and out of the grim old place, especially if you know where it is. Especially if you've been sent out of it. You were told out and you use that to get out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 506. Okay. My next note is 515. So 
Go for it. Fuse wire and screwdrivers. Harry is killing it this Christmas. I mean, come on. That's what I'm saying. He's only a 14-year-old boy. Come on. It was a, the perfume was a dumb present. <laughs> what the fuck? I wonder what else Harry got people because... Okay, here's, here's the thing. I got fiance perfume for Christmas this year. Okay, that's, I'm not saying perfumes are bad They were person. unusual perfumes. I'm not saying... The person you're getting, you have to know how it works. I got her these perfumes that smell like really weird stuff, and she loves that shit. Like, I got her one that smells like uh, kelp. I got her one that smells like new car. I got her one that smells like uh, rain and okay. thunderstorms. Things it's like not that. the same, and you know it. Well, my point is, maybe Ron just made a mistake. No. Maybe he thought Hermione would like this thing. No. And he was wrong. And no. isn't that okay? No. Isn't it okay to be wrong and no. not, doesn't mean he you're did, just he thoughtless. He put no thought into what it. What did he get Harry? Probably bug for candy, like he always gets them. Like oh, you're some, right. He got him, he got him yeah. the, the big vat of every flavor. Yeah. No fucking thought. Here's a gift. Here's a gift. Here's a gift. What did I get? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is this about how I got you liquid assets for your birthday? No, I like that. Okay, guys. Five oh six. Yeah. While I don't care for Ron's comment about doctors, mm-hmm. I do love that the Muggle medical practice is regarded the same way we would regard like faith healing. Yes, of course. That's a fun inversion. It is fun. And it's all, I mean, in, in another sense, it's like, yeah, but if you had, if you had the privilege and the luxury to be oh, like, oh, you know, I can fix it with a wave of a wand. Right. You would think that the things humans do are barbaric. But it, it, it is, it is, it is more fun than just the muggle nutters. Yes. Totally. I, I, Much I, more I fun. like that it just ingrained inverse. Right. That the actual magical world, see, it's it's fun. Yeah, agreed. Fun. 507. Yep. What? You, just have, you said you have a lot of notes, and you do. <laughs> I sure do. Um, 507. Uh, Lupin, meanwhile, awesome compassion. Wandering yeah. over. I mean, I know it's part of the whole fun. Everyone's taken off during Mrs. Weasley getting like, what the fuck are you talking about the stitches? But it's also fun. He goes and talks to the werewolf. Yeah, I like, like that too. Hey, let's have a chat. 507 again. That whole stitches bit. Where they fall through? Or? Where, where the conversation about him, where he's like, I don't know if you know what stitches are. She's like, well, it sounds like you're using, you're, you're trying to sew yourself, up bits yeah. of skin. And Harry's like, yeah, well, you should go too. Because <laughs> Harry knows exactly what that is. 508. Spattergroit. That'll come up again. Oh, will it? Yeah. Oh, Remember weird. how you kept thinking Ron had spattergroit? Yeah, because he has freckles. Right. Mm. That's weird. Does Ron have spattergroit? No. Okay. 514. Okay. Really? Nothing? I have 515. Okay. Amidst all the heartbreak at the end of the chapter, we get another glimpse into a character's depth, this time Neville's. Yes. Uh, I I was a little disappointed in that sequence just because I felt felt so bad for Neville Mm -hmm. in the sense of like, it was well written, but I felt bad that Neville didn't get to choose to share that. You know what I mean? I I, do. I I, kind of felt like... One of those instances where J.K. Rowling was like, all right, Neville, all right, Neville enough's enough. It's time. You're not going to tell your secret. I'm going to fucking do it. Well, yeah, but she <laughs> – yes, but it's she's doing – Characters have a mind of their own. Yeah, except that we're literally 500 pages into this book now, and it's – this story has been touched on maybe three times. Like this element sure. has been touched on three times in 500 pages, and mm-hmm. it's maybe a page each time. Yeah, but he put – That okay. sounds like it's not really Neville's problem. It's somebody else's problem with being an – overly indulgent author 
making my 515 note sound less impressive now. But what's your 515 note? Oh, it's the it's the it's the end of the chapter, right? Yeah. Okay, so I say right here, see, she has this tender moment full of uh, heart and sadness. This mm-hmm. whole like Neville putting the the, mm-hmm. the thing in his pocket, mm-hmm. and then she fucking ruins it with a Lockhart joke. I felt like that was a tension. That's the same thing you would see in in maybe a Spielberg movie. And it well maybe, but it would ruin it. It would ruin it's it's it, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a breather. It's a it's a it's a comic relief. The, it's the a, breather happens at the end of the chapter, which this is. Right. It's the, literally the it's like she added an extra line to be like, oh, I guess just churning the page isn't enough of a breather. I have to remind everyone, hey, wizards. I liked it. However, my five fifteen note was Neville and the gun gum wrapper. I, I can't. I just, I just can't. I can't. I can't. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Like not in a bad way. It's just very emotional. Yeah, so I like, understood what you meant. Okay, well, because you asked, so maybe you didn't understand. Well, I understood when you finally got there. Why don't you, why don't you just give me some perfume for Christmas? It's too expensive. What you fucking made a galleons? No. <laughs> that is my notes for um, that chapter. No, I, I, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the more. There's a couple moments in this book. That have those moments where you feel like I feel things. Emotional weight. Yeah, um, the Neville thing is one of them. Uh, I think I had another one earlier in this in these chapters. But Jenny. The Jenny thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a pretty thick chapter, uh, but that is actually all my notes for that chapter, which brings us to chapter twenty-four. Occlumency. Right. My first page note is page five twenty. Okay. Does that mean my first? Yeah. Uh, Actually, I probably shouldn't even do this note. It's just the note. It's been was, 42 episodes. You know that if I have an earlier note, I respond not with okay. I respond with a page number. God damn it. Well, the thing is, I, I actually don't have any page notes, notes for this chapter. What? I just have this one. It's all blank. And it just says, uh, is this a chapter where Harry sees the vision of Snape getting abused? And then I've read the chapter and the answer is no. no. So I already answered my own question. But like at this point, I wanted to put it in there in case I was right. So I could be like, look, at page 520, I thought it might be. Uh, that's it. It's your show now. Also, that chapter has a very distinctive title where you will know as soon as you read the chapter title. It's actually the third chapter away from this chapter. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. We might get to it next episode. Who knows? I do. We will. We don't. We might do two. 525. But we wouldn't do it because it was the third one. The night bus and chairs. Bullshit. Okay. Fucking, I'm, this, this this is bullshit. This is shoehorning in the whimsy. And it's not fun for me. Chairs sliding up and down. They know what a fucking permanent sticking charm is. They understand physics enough that, hey, if we go forward and the chair goes back, put a sticking charm on it. Now the chair is affixed to the bus platform. What the fuck is this? What is this? What? Why? Why is the night bus? The end. Why is the night bus? That's my question. Why is the night bus? Go. Who are you, me from season one? Eh, Season three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I meant the 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 I understand. and vigor, Seriously, not the content. What, what what the fuck is this? It's a stupid thing. It's stupid. It's a stupid. There's thing. no reason for it. Even like I like the, like I wanted to write a whole note about why are the chairs mismatched when they can just literally drop a chair with their wand and they can look all the same and you can have some sort of maybe cosmetic okay, flow maybe, to your business. But maybe the flow is the chaos. Maybe what they want. Maybe the environment they want to cultivate is this crazy world of of movement and nutso shit like it's it's like being on a roller coaster without the safety bar but you're still kind of safe inside that has its own thrill element to it maybe people who get on the night bus know that's what they're signing up for and they want that 
No, Except everyone who does, and don't, they don't like it. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think Ernie Prang and Stan Chun Pike are just some blokes who like got an old bus, added a third level, and threw some furniture in it. Yeah. And and I feel like that's realistic enough. But along the way, people have been like, "Hey, I can do this for you." Right. And I can do this thing where it flips over at nighttime, so there's beds. Maybe they're driving this bus because they're really terrible wizards, and they don't have the capacity to even again. Do though those someone would have been like, "Hey." Um, for free ride tonight, I'll go permanent sticky charm on all this shit. Right. But maybe, like I said, maybe that's, that's what they want. They want it to be chaotic. That's what they enjoy. Maybe they, they hate their jobs, right? So maybe it's fun to see all their patrons get fucking tossed around and be, you know, unhappy. But I, they're cruel. I don't. I don't. I don't. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, sir. What's your the night next? bus with beds was bad. The night bus with chairs is worse. What's your next note? My next note is 528. Harry. Sort of, kind of getting asked out by Cho. Yeah. Totally empathize with that scene. <laughs> Until he gets it. Until he figured it Until out. Until he figured that... it out. I'm like, I'm like, I don't. What, what the fuck is happening here? What? I can't relate to this. She walks away, and you go, huh? Guess it wasn't a thing. Guess I'm one. Uh, I thought she liked me. Weird. Do you want to know about the next day meeting? I haven't, I haven't figured it out yet, but it's why you're here, right? Good thing you don't have to worry about that anymore. That's true. That is true. 531. Kind of surprised you didn't pick up on this one. Maybe I didn't. I just didn't. Maybe. It's possible. What is it? So, Harry and Snape are sniping at each other. <laughs> um, and they're talking about the rules of mind reading versus legilimens and, and the art, subtle art and blah, blah, blah of reading emotions and how it's not just an open book and blah, 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 right? And Snape says this little thing that was very interesting to me. Time and space matter in magic. Mm. They do? Since when? Mm. When have you shown that at all? Mm -hmm. Books are bullshit, man. I agree. I mean, you look at the room of requirement, as we've talked about before. If it can provide anything you'd need, that means, but it has to come from a specific thing that someone put somewhere so that it could get it from there. If that's the rule, as I understand it, then that would take up so many lifetimes to mm. accumulate that it would be insane that to pe people wouldn't do it apparition yeah i mean or accio like sure you from, know. The, from the castle right i'm out of the grounds yeah i don't know man it's just man you know accio butterbeers right now give me some butterbeers well that's that happens in this in these chapters sure um, does. and it, it's it's like anyway yeah uh I, in that scene also I, I noticed that it was some of the first out and out acknowledgement of Harry and like where they just kind of spell it out where they're like Harry and Voldemort are kind of the same guy here that's how this happens that's how this works I felt like it was a little more overt overt than I expected it was it was a lot more uh, expository than I expected mm -hmm. considering that this <laughs> this book is the girth still of the series this is your, so far. This is your book so yeah big much yeah we still have like a third of a book left. Mm -hmm. That's and we're 500 pages in. That means we have like 750 pages left, <laughs> or no, 250 pages there you left. Go. Yeah, my bad. My brain still is, a whole novel. We still have a whole novel to get through. Like I said, my brain has no grooves. It's no. very flat. <laughs> very smooth. The the amount of time it takes for one like you know neuron to make a connection to another one is just like it just traverses the globe. It goes. It's like it's like Indiana Jones flying. Time and space matter in thought. In thought. Yeah. Not in magic? Well, also in magic, but like in your thought. Ah, yeah. Yeah, because it... TARDIS. 
Then time. That's where it doesn't matter because it's relative. Relative dimensions. T R D I. Time and relative dimension, dimension or dimensions. If it's time, uh, an unearthly child. Time. Where the doctor's granddaughter Susan said time and relative dimensions. Grandfather. And space. Time and relative dementors in Scotland. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Hogwarts is just like a, a Time Lord school? Like a, like a branch of Gallifrey? I mean, I don't think the students there are aliens. I don't think wizards are aliens. Wow. I thought Time Lord was something you could aspire to be. No, it's a species. They have yeah, two hearts. I feel they, like they talk about like it's two different. There's two different kinds of things. No. Yeah, you, can be, you can be born into it, or you can uh, you can take a correspondence course the, in Scotland. It's not the mafia. In fact, I believe the second doctor, Patrick Troughton, said he was a doctor in Scotland briefly. Who was the actor or the character? Patrick Troughton, as the doctor, said that he, the doctor, was a oh, doctor, okay. like an actual medical doctor in okay. Scotland. I think in his first episode, which has been lost to the ages. Oh, I hate that. Anyway, well, the audio still exists. That's good. Um, I'm, showing, I'm showing my nerdery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want people to think I'm too nerdy. Back to this <laughs> Harry Potter podcast. In between watching uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation again, only in Italian to brush up, you know, and you know, knowing that only the audio exists from the first episode of the second season of the Doctors for. Uh, it's not the first episode of the second season. It's the first episode of the second Doctor's tenure, which is like the fourth or fifth season at that point. Yeah, but seasons were like one episode long at that point. That's not true. Isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't even know if they had technical seasons back then. It's serious. Truthfully, yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, this is about Harry Potter and about how time and relative dimensions in space work in Hogwarts. Yes. Um, Where they totally matter. Yeah, where they matter, yeah. that, that, that being the word. Like how, keep, keep in mind this, on the grounds of Hogwarts, you have a room that can fluctuate in size and capacity at will. Mm -hmm. You also have, uh, just in the book so far that we've read, a underground chamber that's been secreted away from everyone that takes up a ton of space mm -hmm. that for some reason no one's ever figured out that it, it's there. Right, and also like the, yeah, for hundreds, thousands of years, wizards could not figure this out, but Dr. Grant's shotgun sensor could find it in like a, a three minutes. Right. You also have, yeah, exactly. You also have like a tree that no one can get near, but also has a secret passage under it that no one knows about or a few people know about mm -hmm. that leads out to another part of a city or a nearby town. It's like there's there's all this space that's unaccounted for in Hogwarts that people don't seem to think about. People who live there don't talk about or acknowledge. Because... I would think in their minds, at least, uh, relative space doesn't matter because you could have a wall there but have a whole other secret room that no one would be able to account for on the, the outside. Tents. The tents, exactly. The tents. The whole burrow being yeah. held together by magic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's So space doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you bring time turners into it, they don't either. Except, I will say this, again, weirdly... Snape's office is so small. In a world where you have all this access to spatial expansion, why is his office why does his office have to be tiny? Except for the narrative thing about making it feel claustrophobic and right, and having all the things on the walls right. and things like a like a well stocked potions lab. Right. But yeah, it should be a lot bigger. Uh, Newt Scamander's uh, book, his, uh, his his suitcase, his valise, yeah. his portmanteau. Yeah, it has like, uh, like worlds. A, worlds exactly yes. like. 
fuck it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Just kind of fuck it. Kind of fuck it. Yeah. It, 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 much like Hufflepuff is the fuck it house, this feels like fuck it logic. Sorry, Hufflepuffs, you're listening. You know it's true. <laughs> she was like, there's like three things about people, right? Well, maybe there's more, but I don't want to think about It's just all. Everything else is puff, 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 whatever. <laughs> Move on. Talk about the, the, the ravens and the lions and the snakes. What's a good fucking, like a badger? Fuck it, badger. I mean, platypus would make a lot more sense considering it's just a fucking house, but I'm going to say badger because that's cool. In English. I'll give Plus, her that. I'll give this her that. whole problem with the Force Owls really badgering me. There you go. <laughs> 535. Okay. Harry might actually be good at occlumency, but Snape kind of ruins it with his attitude. That whole, like, first, he, Harry did better in his first lesson, or his first, where he was, where Snape was like, that wasn't horrible, mm-hmm. than he did practicing with Lupin, uh, the Patronus charm. He got yeah. more achieved in his first lesson, but because they hate each other so much and Snape can't just stop and be a fucking teacher, it goes south. Yeah. Especially when we get to that other chapter where you peeked right. ahead. Um, just, just kind of an observation. I kind of felt bad for Harry there. Yeah. But 37. Oh, so that's what the dreams are about. Oh, yeah. The, the department. The... That's where that hallway is. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was just a random hallway. Crazy. Dreams are never just dreams. Uh-uh. Cigars are never just cigars. Wands, never just wands. What about every flavored beans? Never just every flavored bean. I wasn't going to do this. Uh-oh. But now I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. So it occurred... I know this is a thing I've seen online, but you you know, you unfortunately just made the comment about how, you know, or maybe I did, that dreams are never dreams and cigars are never cigars. So... With that in mind, I have, I have seen this before on the internet a little bit. This idea of, you know, replacing the word wand with the word penis. Oh, boy. And I thought I'd read you this excerpt. Yeah, yeah, of, chapter and a page. Of Harry, the chapters we've read today, Harry Potter, The Order of the Phoenix, chapter 24, Occlumency, page 533. Okay. Snape pulled out his penis from an inside pocket of his robes, and Harry tensed in his chair. Oh, God. But Snape merely raised his, the penis to his temple and placed its tip into the greasy roots of his hair. God damn it. When he withdrew it, some silvery substance came away. <laughs> no! St- stretching from temple to penis like a thick gossamer strand, which broke as he pulled the <laughs> penis away from it and fell gracefully into the pensieve, where it swirled silvery white, neither gas nor liquid. Twice more, Snape raised the penis to his temple and deposited the silvery substance into the stone basin. Then, without offering any explanation of his behavior, he picked up the pensive carefully, removed it, or removed it to a shelf out of their way, and returned it to face Harry with his penis held at the ready. Stand up and take out your penis, Potter. <laughs> Harry got to his feet nervously. They faced each other with the desk between them. You may use your penis to attempt to disarm me or defend yourself in any other way you can think of, said Snape. And what are you going to do, Harry asked, eyeing Snape's penis apprehensively. I am about to break, I am about to attempt to break into your mind, said Snape softly. We are going to see how well you resist. 
I've been told that you have already shown aptitude at resisting the Imperious Curse. You will find that similar powers are needed for this. Brace yourself now. Legilliums. Or Gilliams? Legilliams. Um that's uh, that's that'll be enough for that. Yeah, I think but, that's more than enough. <laughs> that worked far too well. Uh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that occurred to you while you were reading it? Are you looking for passages? No, no, it occurred to me while I was reading that one. I was like, ooh, ooh, no, 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 no. Why did I start this thought? And then it just wouldn't I'm stop. I'm glad you shared it. Take out your penis hair. <laughs> Take out your penis potter. Yeah, that was it. Take out your penis potter. Anyway, I, I know that that's a thing on the internet where people will find like lines in Harry Potter and replace wand with penis or something like that. But this one of like he puts it in his, it's the tip in his hair, his greasy strands. And I was like, ah, ah. And I, I wasn't going to bring it up. But since we got all Freudian, I figured I would. So because it's because I'm not just a lowbrow moron. No. It's Freudian. Right, yeah. 542. Okay. Last note. Oh no, Voldemort's happy! I know, that's pretty scary, isn't it? I That whole scene freaked me out, like the idea of like Harry just being like, uh, like he's like he's he's infected. It's yeah. Like he's got like some sort of uh, like meningitis or something. Like he's just like, he just falls over and like is out. You know, it's occurring to me only now at this moment, which is sad considering how often I've read these books, how similar this is to Mina's connection with Dracula mm. and how they use that against Dracula by hypnotizing Mina to try to figure out what he's doing. I'm like, that's shit. Now that I think about it, that's, that's clearly what this is. And that's embarrassing. Oh, you shouldn't be embarrassed. No, I should. I should be embarrassed and feel shame. Great shame. Well, I can't stop you, so Good. I won't try. Good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the uh i thought it was i mean i, I think that it was it was really it, i'm glad like you said i'm glad we got this chapter out of the way because that's a really good pl- where where place to end it mm-hmm. where you have uh the culmination of those things of all of the the revelations that harry's seeing into voldemort's eyes mm-hmm. and then also being having explained through the occlumency occlumency it's it's hard occlumency a long time and movie pronunciations to understand it occlumency like training to realize that oh right now voldemort's figuring it out too and that's why he's happy i'm assuming sure i'm assuming he's happy because he's just figured out what they were hoping he wouldn't figure out right and now they're stuck also the three chapters do kind of make a little mini arc yeah they do the attack into christmas break all of christmas break and now back to school but and, and still like the, but still the repercussions of the attack. Sure. Like it's, you're right, it's like one, 70 fucking pages, but it's still like one chunk of of uh, plot. Do you have any new words? I do have new words, actually. Yes! So that it's bring, been a while. That brings us to the new word alert. New word alert. I don't remember what new words we had last time. We didn't. We had no new words last time. That's why I said finally... Um, I got... Okay, I'm going to just go then. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple. So here's the first one. You'll. I'm a little embarrassed that I don't know this one, but you'll probably get it right away. Are you ready? Yes. Inimitable. Inimitable. Um... That's reminding me of a word, but I don't know if it's that word. No, I, it, it, it's one of those that I would always just kind of throw a synonym of, you know, powerful in for but I don't know if that's what it that's is that's not what it means okay. it means uh, not capable of being imitated 
inimitatable. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. But it's not imitatable. It's imitatable. No, no, I'm breaking it right, down right, so, right. so I can understand. Right. It. Yeah, I know it's not yeah. how it's. I'm yeah, sure. Anglifying it or something from Latin. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, I, I get it. Totally makes sense. Um, so that's the first one. The mm-hmm. second one. Laconic. I actually used that word earlier tonight. You did. Uh, not in this podcast. Um, brief of speaking, right? Yeah. Not, not, Using not, a minimum of words, yes. being, conci- being concise. Brief of speaking. Not quite laconic enough. Right. Ready? Yep. Nabob. I do know Nabob because of Aladdin. Oh, really? I, I've looked it up because of Aladdin. I don't even remember, but but you big Nabob. You ain't never had a friend like me? Yeah. But go ahead and give it to me again because I don't it's remember what the definition a is. provincial governor of the Mongol Empire in India. There you go. Or, which oh, I think is what? how I saw it used sure. uh, this time, was... Second definition, a person of great wealth or prominence. Is that used in this book or you saw it somewhere else? I think I saw it somewhere else. Okay. All right, here we go. A couple more. Okay, great. This was from this book in these chapters. Juan. Juan. Is that like pale and sickly? Yes. Okay. Lacking vitality. Yeah. Last one. Okay. Wheel. Wheel? Wheel. Spell it. W-E-A-L. Oh, the the, like mark on his hand from from the Occlumens. The welt. Yeah, welt. Needs a weld. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Where, do you have one? No. Um, I will say that uh, actually a couple of mine, the, the, the last couple came from Harry Potter, this mm-hmm. book, these chapters. But other than that, the other a couple of the other ones, Laconic and uh, Inimitable, mm-hmm. came from the uh, Island of Lost Souls booklet. Oh. I read through that and uh, they referred to the two uh, characters that are on the island to begin with, Charles Lawton's character and then the other guy he's with as... Charles Lawton is inimitable, mm-hmm. which I felt like honestly was a pretty good word for him. Yep. And then the uh, the other guy they referred to as laconic, and I was like, oh, that makes sense too. I know what that word means. It doesn't talk a lot. Island Lost Souls, is that related to Moreau? It's, was... it's the first film version of it. It is. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Because you kept saying Island of Lost Souls, and I kept like, is that an Island of Moreau version? Yeah. But it's like how all the Village of the Damned, Children of the Damned are based on the like Midwich Cuckoos, where it's the titles are nothing similar. Right. Okay. So, okay, I feel good knowing that because I was... Sorry I didn't make that clear. No, before. it's okay. We didn't we didn't talk about it. I yeah. should have, and I wanted to, but didn't uh, didn't ask you enough questions, and so I'm, I didn't clearly look it up on my own. Watch it. Okay. I mean... I mean, there's no Feruza Balk. No. And there's no Professor Lupin. No. And there's no Jor-El. No. So why am I going to watch this? Charles Lawton. Oh. Uh, he's a pretty good substitute for Feruza Balk. And... Uh, Bella Lugosi and all the Devo references. There's lots of things in this movie that other things reference mm-hmm. in, the, in from Island of Lost Souls. So there's well, Oingo Boingo has an entire yes song, No Spill Blood. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, anyway, uh, do you have anything else? I don't think I do. Well, thanks for listening to Death Readers. That'll wrap it all up. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Like, I could have gone off on the thief, the cook, or the cook, the thief, and his <laughs> wife. Good? I've always wondered about it. Oh, dude, it is bizarre. Michael Gambon is the thief 
and he did, he give he has probably eighty percent of the lines in the movie. He just doesn't stop talking. It's like watching a movie about President Trump. It's like watching a movie about a guy who's like incredibly egocentric, cheap as shit, so insecure, devastatingly insecure, mean, cruel, hateful, uh, but also obsessed with feeling like he's living in a life of luxury. It is so Trump. I. It's it's incredible. It's a great movie. Okay. Uh, it also is fucking sad and like he, Michael Gambon does such a good job of being a fucking asshole, being a horrible person that it's hard to imagine he's also Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, it's not that hard to imagine. All right. Nothing. Um, okay. You ready? I am so ready. Five oh six. Yeah. My notes are a little creatively written, so hold on a second. <laughs> okay. I've never occurred to me, it has never occurred to me to explain away a mistake <laughs> or something I did haphazardly as, uh, I just did this a little creatively, and I think that it's going to take me some time to uh, interpret the creativity. <laughs> I, I am constantly interpreting my own creativity. That is sort of the butt in my life. Wrapped up with a bow. Okay. While I don't care for Ron's comment about... <laughs> oh, watching you interpret your own creativity is... is Oh, mwah, it is rich. The finest of creme. <laughs> While I don't care for Ron's comment about doctors... I've got some more creativity. i got to parse. Okay, go ahead okay. and just interpret away. Should I get a translator? Should I ha call in somebody who can... Shut up. Amidst all... <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Amidst all the heartbreak at the end of the chapter, we get another glimpse into a character's depth, this time Neville's. Yes. I, I gotta clear that out of my head. <laughs> uh, as if you could just pull it out as, in a pincee and leave it away. Never have it in there again. Nice robe. Madame Malkins, London. I have two myself. It's from so my... we know what that hallway is. <laughs> it's from Potter Hard. Ew. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's Ellen Rickman lines from Die Hard. Oh, oh Modified okay. to be lines from Harry Potter. I'm into it. John would, Phillips, London. I, I have two about, myself. I can only think about wands now with hardness. I could discuss men's fashion and industrialization all day, but I'm afraid work must intrude. It's like the core is also really important. Add some flexibility. You don't want to be too rigid. Your wand. I am interested in the $652 million in negotiable bearer bonds that you have in your vault. And the computer controls the vault. 613? Now you can break the codes. <laughs> okay. There you go. Where, do you have one? No. Okay, well, those are mine. Let's see. Did have do a I, few. Do I have words I have come across in the last week? Yes, I do have. Spazio, ultima frontiera. Questi sono i viaggi della nave stellare enterprise. Just Italian words. Star Trek words. Yeah. <laughs>